Hello, everyone, and welcome to the After Youth Group Podcast. I am your host, Matt Rettek. I am a former youth pastor, I'm a former youth group student, and I just want to see how youth group or youth ministry has changed people's lives. Those that have participated in it, uh, those that have served in it, and those that are around it. And I just want to introduce my guest host for today, Daniel Crawford of the Parachute Adams Band. <laughs> Matt, what what is this? What is this podcast thing? This is so awesome. this whole <laughs> so this whole podcast it's mm-hmm. it's just taking a look at youth group and how it affects people's lives. Uh, so here in the America, in, in in America, in, in the American church Christian church culture. Uh-huh. Uh, most most students that if they have grown up, most teenagers, if they have grown up in church or have been around church, they attend something that's called youth group. And it yeah. is even a, small churches, man, like big churches and small churches, like big I churches, went to a big church, but... small churches, churches of different denominations, Catholic mm-hmm. churches, uh, fringe mm-hmm. denomination churches. Uh, they my, have... my mom, my mom claims she got saved actually uh, at a Catholic youth group. Oh, wow. In the 70s. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. But yeah, it's uh-huh. this thing that's, it's, it's a program, you know how it is, youth group, youth ministry, it's a program that's designed for teenagers, usually from 6th grade to 12th grade. Uh, a lot of times it takes place on Wednesday nights, uh, the students will yep. go Wednesday in. Wednesday night was youth night. Yes, it was. It was like the it was like the family night. That's how it was at my church growing up. We would have, Wednesday night would be the family night, and they would, they would have programs <laughs> for people of all ages. So kids, uh-huh. adults, and yes, teenagers. Youth group was a phenomenon, man. I think it was like a, I don't know. I, I'd probably be willing to bet it really became a thing like in the 80s. Like maybe in the 70s um, is when it was organic because you had a lot of Jesus movement. You had a lot of hippies who, you know, um, were, you know, I, I know a very high up uh, denominational official who would just, would just used to be a hippie druggy dude. And then he switched <laughs> to Jesus and the Jesus movement, man. What do you think about Jesus today? And they, uh, that's kind of when it was organic and, and uh, because culturally a lot of teenagers were into that sort of thing. I think it became a little bit bigger in the 80s, though. Um, but my youth group experiences, I'm 33. Um, so, like, diving right in, even just how it affects, I was a youth group kid in the 2000s. Mainly, you know, I was in high school age from oh, 2004 to 2008, although I was homeschooled. Right, right. <laughs> You're one of those. <laughs> oh, I'm one of those, man. I am the kid, the youth group kid who sheltered, homeschooled, like scared to hold hands with a girl, all, the whole nine yards, man. That was me. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. I've seen that a lot. And, and basically, like with this, with that, you know, I got the, the idea for this podcast from doing a lot of uh, reconnecting with people on social media, whether it's friends I went to college with, uh, former students, you know, just different people that were somehow affected by youth ministry. And like you said, a lot of them, they, they like grew up in church and were really involved in all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, just over the years, just kind of reconnecting with them now and seeing how their lives have changed, you know, just kind of inspired me just to be like, you know, so you were involved in youth ministry. You were heavily involved you know, what does life look like now? You know, how did it affect you getting from point A to point B, getting from mm-hmm. there to now? And so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, there's definitely like a lot of like, where are they now? Right. Um, yeah. You know, and for me, so, I mean, I, I don't know, like it's however you want to take the, the plane. 
you know, if you want to go like kind of chronologically through my experiences or, you know, like I said, I was a 2000s youth group kid. Yeah. So like for me, like I grew up in church, but I didn't automatically just, you know, by osmosis joined the youth group. You know, I had to kind of be persuaded to get, get, get yeah. there, you know? So yeah. for you, what was, what was that thing that, that got you involved uh, to in youth group? What was the thing that got you mm-hmm. connected there and you just said, I'm going to go to youth group tonight. And then you not, you know, there you are. Yeah. Well, I hate to like give the answer that's like, well, you got to go all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> so like, like you got to understand me growing up. I, I was a um, sheltered uh, Midwest kid raised in a very religious uh, evangelical Christian household. Um, so from the time I was an infant, I mean, every Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday, we were always in church. So I, so to kind of answer your question, I, I didn't necessarily come into youth group um, through that, though. I came into church through that. Like I, I was always around, you know, we were, um, you know, a very poor family. We're kind of like a bit of pariahs in the church and the church was growing and, and a lot of very successful upper middle class people were there. Um, those are the people I ended up being in youth group with me. Um, but we were kind of, you know, welcome, but just kind of along for the ride. There was definitely different classes um, and stuff. So, you know, I grew up through the church that way but the i didn't really get to be assimilated into the main parts of youth group until i discovered music and that one when i was like 13 14 years old because all the way up until then i was just awkward sheltered i didn't know how to relate to even other kids at church because you know they talk about things on cable television on nickelodeon that i didn't understand you know um or different movies that they had seen um, like I was so mad, like I was, I never got to watch Jurassic Park as a kid, you know, because really? like, Jurassic oh Park? yeah, Dinosaurs? yeah, even Jurassic Park, like anything designed to scare you is fearful in the spirit of fear. Just, uh, you know, it was it, it, my, you know, parents, this was a highly, uh, it was very charismatic, very rapidly growing church. You know, the pastor was, um, you know, getting very big into prosperity gospel in like the nineties and into the early two thousands, they built a ginormous building. So, I mean, by the time I was in youth, this wasn't your small neighborhood church. This had ballooned up, you know, from where, when I was a little kid, it met at a tiny, you know, um, house type church on the corner that where there's a dealership. And by the time I'm in high school, I mean, we actually had a um, 1,200 um, person venue built for live Christian bands. Skillet came through. Pillar came through. Oh, wow. Um, all of these groups. So, so like, just to give you an idea of the scale, like, it was a huge, huge youth group. But I couldn't get integrated into it without music. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's kind of – that's almost like the way I got involved in a sense – because uh, I grew I grew up in church, but I didn't really attend youth group, you know, when I got out of elementary school or anything like that. I, I, I didn't like going to church. I mean, I, I believed in everything, you know, but for me, like Sunday, I, I wanted to stay home and watch Nickelodeon, <laughs> watch Nicktoons, because those are all the, the new yeah. But no, it was just... never an option for me. Like, I, there was never a question of what are we doing Sunday? No, we're going to church. It, you wake up, you get dressed, you will put on the nice clothes mom gives you, and you go to church. Gotcha. Like, yeah. The end. And and like you said, with music, for me, it took me getting into – because 
same same thing you know my my parents were into like old old school rock music but then they started going to church and decided a lot of that stuff didn't fit you know and and so i grew up like on on christian music so i just i thought everything was like ccm you know contemporary christian music yeah the hardest thing was dc talk jesus freak is you know i knew (laughs) there's other stuff out there but then like randomly you know as the middle school kid that would sneak watch uh, mtv when they used to play music videos and stuff I came across POD on <laughs> late late night on MTV's Return Hail of the Rock. Death, yeah. their, their, their music video for Southtown opened up the show, and I'm like, who is this? This isn't Corn. This isn't Lip Biscuit. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then later, like, my, my parents, they would get the Family Christian Bookstore uh, catalog mailer thing. Yeah. And thumbing through it just like whatever. And then I see POD, and I'm like, uh-huh. It was all part of that that, yeah. Yeah, that Christian culture. Yeah, I was evangelized you know, by MTV. Like, right there, you go. Right. Oh, but, like but yeah, rock? what is that? Uh-huh. Like the Christian, the Christian music scene. I, I want to almost say it was like sort of around. It's like from like the year like two thousand to like two thousand five. I think from like ninety eight, nineteen ninety eight to like about 2000s until like the housing market crashed right right, right. there was that was a christian music renaissance we had uh something called festival con dios uh, yes yes i went to that in in indiana yeah mm -hmm. traveling festival newsboys would headline i got my signed t-shirt in the closet over here (laughs) yeah it's not all those big acts um pillar skillet yep um yep all of that and then uh we just had a great we had a booking manager like our youth group's assistant was the booking manager like vicky if you ever listen to this god bless you i love you um we still keep in touch to this day but she was the um one that built these relationships was getting all these bands booked um i saw so many bands there bleach i saw um reliant k um gosh just so many and so like like Looking back at it now, I have a very complicated relationship with church. Um, that's a very polite way to put it. But I, 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 there's no two ways about it. Like, I do owe church a debt of gratitude for giving me the gift of music. Because it was at the church where, you know, like, I, I didn't necessarily start there. I had a buddy who, you know played guitar and also skateboarded and I was trying to skateboard, you know, and like I sucked at skateboarding, but I was seemed to be good at his guitar. And then like he was good at the skateboarding, but sucked at his guitar. So I gave him the skateboard and he gave me his guitar <laughs> so, and we just traded off. So yeah, like, yeah. But then when I started like looking for a place to play, like I didn't join a school band or orchestra i was homeschooled i did do one year uh like i did two years in junior high of like uh i played saxophone in a homeschool marching band um that gave me some i just didn't have an outlet so by that time i'm 14 you know they asked me to just play like acoustic guitar um and you know i did that for a while and then Literally one day, the uh, worship leader comes up to me and she says, hey, our other bass player is going to another church because he got engaged and he's going to his fiance's church. Um, so you're the new bass player. Here's a bass guitar. Just hands it to me. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Um, and then, gosh, you know, all, all throughout that time, um, 
there were some because it was an exploding megachurch. There were some insanely talented musicians. Right. They were Grammy award winning musicians and uh, producers and stuff that came through. And and I, wow. You know, they started teach. I started taking lessons from some of them and learning. And 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 bass guitar was really the thing I stuck with. Um, and yeah, from then on, it just get, youth group. I fit in solely really because I was on stage playing a guitar and sometimes singing like that was my identity. Gotcha. And because of that, I kind of like feel like I had this like secret backstage pass to actually see how youth group actually was, because otherwise I would have been the awkward kid. I would have been the the outcast. I would have been the kid with, uh, you know, I wore my brother's hand-me-down clothes. They didn't fit right. Mm. You know, I was awkward. I was chunky. You know, I didn't know how to talk to girls or be confident. I didn't play sports. You know, I just was just uh, this awkward kid. Um, so because of that, I kind of got this backstage pass. Although I was still super awkward and sheltered and didn't know. Like, <laughs> I still got to see how, like, things worked. And I got to, like, kind of be a part of the youth group culture. And that's that's what was interesting to me. Wow. Yeah. No, definitely with, with youth ministry, with music. Um, it's always like a, a connection point, you know. I've been I've been to places where it's like, you know, the only reasons kids kids went to the youth group was because they got to play in the band or they got to sing on stage. And like I know part from my experience, they had like kind of like a college group, college uh-huh. age guys kind of doing the band, and then you know as that kind of grew, they were able to like train up some teenagers to be a part of it. But music's yeah. definitely a thing because. And, and like you said, like I was, I was in a band too, but we, I mean, we weren't, I yelled words. I was the yeah. lead, one of the lead guys, but I just kind of yelled words. I had a Christian words. band in high school and I'm, I'm ashamed <laughs> to yeah. admit the name of it. I was in a I'm couple. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to admit the name of it. I was in two. So I was, man, my, my end of what eighth were your grade. Bands called? Dude, my fr- freshman year, I was in a band. We were called Pyro Mist. Pyro Mist. Yeah. See, that's. That's infinitely better than this and, one. And then the second – and that one, we did one show, and one of my friends, uh, he actually wasn't our drummer, but he was, like, filling in for the only show we did because our normal drummer had band camp. And so yeah. we, had, we played one show with a, with a backup drummer, and his parents were there, and they recorded it. And, like, a few years ago, he sent me the video, and I'm like – oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like D- delete Pyro that. Pyro Mist, I was, like, yeah. I was like, delete that, you know. But uh, and then the second one we were we started off known as the chaos theory, and I kind of came chaos theory the chaos theory, and then they changed it to forever lit. Forever. Yeah, and 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 we could have been good, but instead of like practicing when we would get together, we would just kind of goof off. But anyways, like like uh, yeah, I wanted to be a part of that Christian rock scene, and and wanted yeah, to be, like, like you want to be part of it, and. You know, for us, it was like it was Hillsong ministry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hillsong, I I kind of discovered, yeah, later in my high school years. But yeah, so for me, you know, like that was like the two thousands. That was when, you know, uh, Hillsong Darlene United. Yeah, Hillsong United was coming through. Oh, I, this is I'm gonna have to finish this thought because I was gonna tell you the uh, name of my band. So, yes, 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 yes. So you had Pyromist. Yep. And you had, what was the other one? There was the Chaos Theory, and then we changed it to for, Forever Lit. Somebody was a Linkin Park fan in that band, I'll tell you, boy. Um, or not that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chaos theory, not hybrid theory. Yeah, chaos theory. Yep. Yeah, yep. it just reminded me of that. That's what I was thinking. Right. Um, but ours was one set of footprints. <laughs> <laughs> That's like. The... <laughs> oh man, it's just cringeworthy, dude. That's that footprints in the sand thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that one, and it was literally like, <clears throat> I wanted to do it. And then there was this girl that I kind of liked that wanted to sing. And then this other guy, Mike, who I started hanging out with at youth group. And Mike said his buddy Chris knew guitar and he knew bass. And I played guitar. Oh, and then then my friend Becca, who... uh, So so there's a whole bunch of us. But anyways, um, like both of those guys turned out couldn't actually play at all. Like they lied. Like (laughs) they didn't even know how to play instruments. Uh, the other girl, she, um, she could play well, um, but it was just, it, it was terrible. And then like the other two dudes fought over the girls and it was, it was bad. (laughs) It was about as bad as a dramatic teen band can go, but, uh, it just had a lame name and we made lame music, but at church, um, I did, I enjoyed the music that I got to make. Um, you know, it was yeah, when Hillsong was really big, you know, there's a lot of upbeat music, a lot of parts to learn. Um, you know, because I played bass guitar, I got a lot more more opportunities to play. And, you know, that even eventually led to what I, you know, ended up going into after I graduated high school. Yeah, so, yeah, music's definitely a big thing in church and youth group. It, it was just like, you know, you had that band. And if you had a band, it was like, oh, man, this is cool. You know, I got live music. And it's it's funny. Like, yeah. it was definitely that celebrity type thing. We, we had some conferences where, you know, some Hillsong people came in and they ran workshops and everyone just crammed into those sessions to hear about songwriting from them. And uh, yeah, it was like a it was a big deal. Like, Joe no. Houston coming to our church was literally like Bruce Springsteen. Oh, wow. Yeah, to town. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I was like, I was the kid that got, like I said, I got the backstage pass. And because otherwise I was just so sheltered, dude. I was so sheltered. Like, um, have you seen that TLC show? Like, uh, Welcome to Plathville? I have it's not. Like, Is there anything yeah. like, like, uh, like the, the, the. Duggars, it's kind of yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The same. It's actually the same uh, cult following the Bill oh yeah institutes yep. people, but and, yeah, it's just you know that one focuses more on like the kids are moving out and and just trying to cope with life because they don't have any skills because they got so sheltered. But I wasn't to that extreme, but at the same time, you know, I didn't learn about anything culturally, and I didn't go to public school. Like that right. was a huge part of it, you know. Now, um, now yeah. with with the youth group, I know you said you said uh, you did a lot in music, but was there any type of like trips that you went on or any events or anything? I don't know anything like memorable other than like the music stuff. I know the music was a big thing, yeah. but was there any like any like teaching or or uh, oh activity <laughs> or or outreach or anything like that that you were a part of that was just like because yeah. because. I know a lot for me there's there was a couple trips we went on that was just kind of like life changing in a sense where it just opened my eyes to a lot of things uh internally and externally like oh you know our world needs Jesus and I need to care you know just like yeah like like anything like that that I that mean took if place. there was yeah I mean if there was a trip or there was an opportunity this or that like I I was doing it 
um, I did missions stuff when I was younger. Like when I was like freshman and, and sophomore. So it was like only 14, 15. I did more of the mission stuff. I, I went on a missions trip to Mexico with the youth group. Um, you know, that was, you know, a wild experience. I mean, I think about now like a 14 year old kid going in deep into the forest of Mexico and, uh, a little bit hairy in, in hindsight. Um, another year I went to actually Hollywood, California, like I walked through Skid Row. Oh, like, wow. I'm a, I'm a cornfield farm boy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm walking through death row or not, excuse me, not death row. Um, Skid Row. Uh, Skid Row. Yeah. And yeah, I eye-opening experiences. It's it's like not necessarily the the main reason that they want you to go on those things, you know, because they want you to evangelize and right and stuff. Um, but but they always seem to take you to like way out. Like you know, it, it, it's they talk about getting out of your comfort zone and all that. That's a big th- Christian thing. Yeah. Get out of your comfort zone, man. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta tell people, but, but sometimes you go on these trips and they take you like, like you have a comfort zone and then it's like, they take you like way out, like a football field's length. Cause I remember for oh, me, yeah. like, like they would take me, I'd go on these trips to like the worst <clears throat> awfulest part of Detroit. And they'd send me with some other kid I never met from some other church across the country and say, Hey, go door to door and tell right. people about <laughs> Jesus in like the worst part of Detroit. Like, right, you like, get like you I'm going to get capped. Yeah. Dude, like my like freshman year of high school, I'm like this kid <laughs> with, with spiky blonde hair, you know, and dude, like, I lived in Flint for four years. Like, Man, I wouldn't have done that in my own neighborhood. Well, I was in I was in Highland I was in Highland Highland Park, Detroit. Ooh. Like, like, like I was just like, what? I didn't know how I, to I evangelize. I love Detroit. Like, but one yeah, of my like, very good friends was from Detroit. But yeah, it was it, it's sending. I mean, how old were you? Fifteen. I was fifteen, 15 years old, 15 and I, and I had like just started going to youth group, and and so it was it was it was like you know. What and were these me, people saying? Like, like we would you're go to on these doors, and they, they, I mean, they weren't. There was never any person that was mean. Like, I did come up on a doorstep where people were like rolling dice, and another doorstep <laughs> where people were like rolling a joint. And then, like, the other thing that was kind of culture shock to me, and I've been to like Chicago, and I've been to places, but we go into like KFC, and there's bulletproof glass separating you from. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like yep. Flint was like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm just like. Whoa what's going on here and 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 uh the the yeah i got more stories with that you know down the road but like the basically yeah, so those were some of the experiences that i yeah had. i mean i mean that's crazy even mexico like there's scorpions and there's you know uh just totally different and and people don't speak the same language as you it, it's a it's a huge thing we really I mean, essentially, the whole hubbub of us raising money and going down there, like, honestly, essentially uh, boiled down to us going out and doing a couple puppet shows in some town squares. Yep. And then we helped clear some trees for a new part of this building. But, like, I look back on that and I'm like, you know, is this, like, more of a photo op than anything else? You know, those are difficult. But... You know, I also was exposed to, you know, other people that were doing other different types of work. Like that same orphanage, um, I have a really good friend of mine when I was in high school. Her dad um, was instrumental in building 
helping build that orphanage. And wow. he was a builder from, yeah, yeah. from here in the Midwest. And every year he took half of his vacation time for the year and he would go down to Colima, Mexico and he would build, you know, build up this orphanage and work on this orphanage. Um, and the the guy actually he developed ALS. And so he lived with that disease until it progressed and he ultimately passed away. But um, like I got to see that. And like you would never like this guy was so unassuming. Like he would probably never even tell anyone. Like I didn't even know until like I saw the name and I, I asked my friend. and I was like, that's the same. That's your last name. And she's like, well, yeah, that was my dad. I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. So like he never would like he wasn't the type of person that went around and bragged about it to everybody. But like, I mean, he took real time and like, who do you know that does that? Like take a one week a year to just leave your family and your friends, everyone and go down and build, build an orphanage. Wow. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's trips like those that it's just like, they open your eyes to all the different types of work that people do, you know, just spreading the gospel or just, just serving, um, you know, trips like those it's, it's, you know, we were joking about taking you out, out your, your comfort zone, but it definitely gives you a different perspective, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, yeah, like you said, sometimes it can be a photo op, but sometimes it's like, man, I, I really, I really did something, you know, I really, I really contributed and, and if, you know, it feels good to give now, now moving on, like, did you have a good relationship with your youth pastor? Like, was there any type of I guess um, discipleship, just mentorship, um, anything like that. Well, here's here's the thing, and and this is where my experience probably might vary from a lot of youth group kids. But like, again, I, I was part of this mega church. This mega church was really exploding at the same time. We're talking about Hillsong exploding, like ninety eight, ninety nine, up through two thousand seven. Like this church was growing so fast. So the youth group at the time was insanely huge. And I mean, we, we had these events, um, to draw kids in. Um, we did like a, a wrestling night. We, we oh, wow. wrote and choreographed an entire wrestling show. It's still floating around on YouTube somewhere. I, I, I need to see that. I'd be all into that. <laughs> it was great. I got to play like one of the wrestlers managers. It was fun. You know, we, we did that. We had a rodeo. We did Lua. We, we carted in like we, we tarped off and carted in sand for a luau night for like half of the youth room. Oh, wow. Like it was just, we would do crazy stuff like that. Um, giveaways and games and, and, and all this stuff. Um, and, and the, that would draw, I mean, you're talking six, seven, sometimes 800 kids, like wow. youth group kids in, in for these events. And, uh, so on a regular day, there's still a couple hundred kids coming in and out. And so the, the youth pastor was very, very popular, very kind of like the polished guy. Um, you know, there was a, a group of a, kind of a clique of popular kids, you know, and those were the kids that the, um, got to intern, got to do, you know, um, special projects, hang out, you know. They got to play the Jesus in the, the in the skits. Yeah. They got to be Jesus in the sk- Literally, like, it's so funny. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna love this dude so like there were always angels in the christmas pageant and it was always like the uppity stuck up popular youth group girls oh wow and like that's what, like how it was when i was in high school and then like now 
whenever I go back to my parents' church, like I was there for Christmas Eve last year, like I always know who the uppity popular girls are in the youth group, even though <laughs> <laughs> it's been like 10 plus years since I've left youth group uh, because just whoever those angel girls are, those are the, those are the stuck up girls in the youth group. <laughs> So so but, you so the youth pastor yeah. gravitated toward those people. Oh, okay. Um, so I very much kind of had like a degree of separation. Like I think that's like I started feeling kind of my inadequacy again. Like oh, like yeah, I am talented for music, but I'm I'm not, you know, necessarily like one with everybody else. Um, and I got I, I mean the amount of hours that I spent playing music at church. I mean we an exploding church we had four services on sunday morning like we had an 8 a.m a 9 a.m a 10 30 a.m it was just great and then we had sunday night so i would wake up and go and my mom was saying in the choir so she would go early to choir i would go to youth group um it was crazy wow uh, the amount of hours that i put into that um and was utilized like, there was no shortage of time for me to serve but then actually fitting in that was sometimes a different story. Um, I'm more connected with like youth leaders. You know, there were individual leaders that might have small groups and stuff. And, and those are people I'm still in contact to, you know, with, you know, up to this day. Yeah, if that answers your question, I mean, I didn't really have that close relationship with my youth pastor. Okay. And it really wasn't until later um, that I met youth, even like the youth pastor that introduced the two of us. Um, until I, I realized, oh, like youth pastors can be like that. They can be really like a coach and invested in, in your life and, and that sort of thing. I didn't have that kind of youth pastor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now with um, being involved there at the youth group, like I know you, you like you just said, you didn't really have that connection with your youth pastor. Was it, it was the music, being involved in the music, did that give you just a sense of, of a purpose or a sense of like belonging or involvement that that just kept you involved there that just kept you going was it was it that oh, wow. oh yeah i mean music is my thing it, it is you know like i i have a job that fuels my music passions now um and it's changed a lot now but like i said i i owe church a great deal of gratitude because it gave me the gift of music you know, I learned to do these things. Now, I did branch off from that later on. You know, I, I by the time I was like 16, 17, then, you know, I have friends that are also musical and they're starting to show me things like Coldplay and Muse and The Killers. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see like other and Death Cab for Cutie, which is now my like that's my lifelong favorite band. Um, and I'm just, you know, getting my first taste of music which would become a lifelong passion through that so that was purpose for me gotcha that was like that was who i was um now all of that was wrapped up too with because i grew up in this church environment i wanted to be a pastor from a very young age i had a experience a, the spiritual experience at youth group at eight years old excuse me not youth group youth camp kids camp where I thought God was telling me to become a pastor and go into ministry. So that was always, you know, from the time I was eight until I was 28. That's what I thought I was supposed to do with my life. Um, and so during the youth group time, I was eyeing pastoral ministry. But the reason I ended up going into worship ministry and not just becoming a pastor that, you know, would preach 
um, or youth or whatever was because of how I discovered music. Gotcha. All right. That, that, <laughs> that answers some of the, what I was going for with it, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's an incredible eight, eight years old. Yeah. Eight yeah. Years eight old, years you old. That, you got that calling. Wow. Now, now, um, moving on from youth group, how did that kind of direct you the next few years? Like when you graduated high school and got out of, you know, that youth group bubble that you were in, where, where did you head to next? Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely didn't leave the bubble. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Um, you know, I was very much driven by this, uh, you know, desire to want to go into full-time ministry and do that sort of thing. Um, and so I joined a cult basically. (laughs) Um, I was, I was approached by an individual who, um, was a traveling worship leader slash call himself a worship evangelist. He would go and, um, sing and preach at different churches, at conferences, at youth camps. Um, and he had this internship program he wanted me to, to be a part of. And, uh, you know, it kind of coaxed me into this. I had just um, completed a year of community college, um, was studying music, was trying to figure out that sort of thing. And, you know, this felt like a big deal. Um, and so I jumped at it. And, um, you know, unfortunately, after I dove headfirst into this kind of opportunity, I found that I was in a very, very controlling manipulative uh toxic environment um yeah yeah i and that's and that's crazy when i graduated high school i went into like a a similar program but my experience totally different like and part of it is i knew the person who was who was leading who was the director of the program i was in and i'm gonna have a whole episode dedicated to that experience because there was some some craziness but but overall yeah, it was a, it was a positive experience, but, but we would network with these other similar programs and there were some that like you could tell, like it was, it was like that, like what you experienced, yeah. the negative And this thing. was like, um, you know, this guy was just, he was a highly, highly charismatic individual. Um, he had some good ministry contacts. Um, especially in, we did a lot of more of the hyper Pentecostals, uh, type circles, mm-hmm. word of faith, Rama churches, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, righteous preachers network. If that means something to somebody, um, but also very highly kind of spiritually abusive environment. So oh, yeah. I consider what I went through to be spiritual abuse. I mean, I, I, the environment I was in. I was told how often I could see my family, uh, what music I was allowed to listen to, what TV shows I could watch, what books I could read. I was even I was told what I could eat, like my oh. diet was being dictated, and I, you know, sadly lacked the real life skills and uh, you know self confidence to see the situation that I was even in. I kind of right. went from one sheltered situation to another, so. It, it took me two years to kind of wiggle my way out of that situation. Um, you know, but still at that point, you know, had this, Hey, I, when I was eight years old, I, I would, you know, God told me I needed to do ministry. So, um, that process and that road still led me like to things like Bible college and, and ministry after. 
Yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those ministry programs that are like that, those, I think there a lot of them are called leadership colleges now. Um, uh huh. But like the, they start off kind of with good intentions, and those rules, like when I, like I said, I was in those, I knew I was going to have rules. They weren't like you know telling me what I had to eat, but you know there's certain things you had to abstain from. They didn't Dude, allow you some to, of them, to date. Yeah, and yeah, some of it, I mean, it was like it's like okay, this is good, but but. A lot of times what happens with that is it becomes, instead of being focused on what you're trying to do, like your, uh-huh. your ministry experience, your, your yeah. growth, your discipleship, it turns into more, Yeah. oh, I saw, you, I saw you eating sometime. peanut butter today yeah. and that's against the rule. You know, just well, dude, like okay, so <laughs> the legalism. Top, one, of the, one of the top five largest youth groups in the country, it's in Louisiana, and they have a youth internship program. If you go to the internship program, you are weighed at your interview. That's terrible. You are given four weeks to cut weight and get into, you know, and get to, and hit certain goals. If you don't, you are out of the program. If you gain weight and don't lose it, you're out of the program. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, be, I believe, you know, being responsible, but, but yeah, it, it, it goes from. Being focused on you know what, what the Lord's doing in your life. And it's just you never know to, which to program is which, right? And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, how do you know if this is like, hey, you know, it could set me up well? Yeah, who's um, who's the good one where it's going to be quality stuff, and who's going to be the yeah. uh, the leader? I know dudes that got better set up for life, um, interning a really well-intentioned, good-hearted pastor of a church of thirty people. Yeah, in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and they not only learned ministry but learned um just life lessons and how to how to look at life and how to manage life. Right. And he's he's been through a lot and he he credits that for that experience, you know, versus these huge places which, you know, pre they they promise prosperity and stardom and fame and and you know, they're fame machines and and I don't know, man. Like I, I, I will say, like I tend to have a very jaded outlook on a lot of the stuff in life. But like I just see a lot of people that got trapped in those things and stay trapped in those programs. Um, I know um, I have a guy who um, his wife divorced him because she wanted to move to California to go to a leadership school, mm. college, quote unquote. There, yeah. and he's like, I, my family's, I don't want to uproot my life and leave so she she filed for divorce oh wow um it's these destination places um that i just i, I i'm i've seen enough to just be highly skeptical of i guess yeah, I'll just i hear you that. i hear you now from the program where did you head next so from the program i headed into bible college um i went to a small uh, remote campus of a small um, Pentecostal Bible college in Massachusetts. Gotcha. Um, yep. Actually, um, it was originally uh, we, we changed school affiliations like halfway through my education. But originally, when I was a freshman there, um, we were affiliated with a different, more well-known Bible college, um, which... I mean, I know we don't want, like, this isn't necessarily dropping names, but uh, Jim Baker and I went to the same Bible college. 
fun fact. Name dropper. Um, but uh, this, the, the Bible college that I went to, it was very, um, it was very well organized and structured in the program, and and it taught me a lot of new skills. And the the dean of the Bible college was bold enough at the time to have a Bible program that actually taught some real biblical interpretive skills mm, yeah. rather than how to preach cool and run a youth ministry. Oh yeah. Um, and that was interesting because, you know, going through those classes, um, things like hermeneutics, which is the practice of, um, interpreting a text, mm -hmm. um, and, yes. and recapitulating it for, for, you know, how you're looking at it now. Dude, that blew people's minds. Half of these people in class with me are dropping out after taking this class because it's like, well, um, there's actually a historical context to these passages, and it meant a certain thing to that original audience, and you, it has to be re-extracted. So it's no longer, you know, I just sit and I read the Bible, and whatever Jesus says to me in my heart is right. Yeah, yeah. And, that's good. No, that's actually, you know, a perilous reading of the text. I'm telling you, dude, I saw like I watched like pastors drop out of Bible college, you know, trying to go back and earn their degree, like pastors dropping out because they couldn't handle that. But I was intrigued. I was like, oh, so then like I want to know more than I want to know more about how these texts got assembled and how these doctrines came about. And I found a, like I got a lot of those answers. Well, I wouldn't say I got a lot of those answers in the Bible college, but I got the tools and the the knowledge of how to go find those answers. Right. And although, you know, those were really the tools that ultimately led to me deconstructing, um, they were still very helpful tools. Yeah, those those hermeneutics classes, I took I took one and and the good thing was my professor was very balanced. Like in class, we'd be discuss, discussing like some sort of topic, uh, some sort of biblical topic, uh, you know, theology and, and all that. And you'd get that one student that just comes up with the craziest like interpretation of, of what we had just read. Just like out, outfield, like not even on the, you know, just out there. And my professor, where everyone's just kind of looking at this dude like, what are you thinking? You know, you're like an idiot, you know? <laughs> my professor was just very, just like, very open to just hearing these different ideas that are coming out of student, and, and he would kind of navigate it just very humbly, you know? And and they would go, they'd go deep. But it's definitely good to take those classes because it helps you really to to look at things not just from like a Sunday school perspective, but from like a deeper, like, all right, let me see what, let me like t doing references, like digging, you know, taking and looks at other commentaries right. and how they interpret it. And right. But and, the problem, you know, the problem came when, um, you send these, uh, graduated youth group kids who go to this Bible college back to their own churches and then they hear their pastors preaching and then realize that what they're preaching has nothing to do with the verse that they just laid. Oh yeah. That happens sometimes. 
And this it started kind of happening on a large scale. Um, the school for a while had some of the lowest um, number of applicants for denominational credentials mm. out of all of the Bible colleges in the denomination. Wow. Um, and so then they kind of, you know, and that was towards the tail end of me leaving. And it's funny, like the credentials were a very big part of that system because you had to have those in order to kind of get in. I was just freshly graduated and kind of trying to get the process started for credentialing. I was kind of lazy about getting started on it. Mm -hmm. But I interviewed at this church and the district guy like laughed me off and, you know, chewed me out because I didn't have credentials yet. He's like, well, you're not committed to us. Because, you know, you come back to me when you have credentials and you show you're committed to us. Yeah, gotcha. You know, it was a big deal, you know, those credentials. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it you know, you got to have that paper. <laughs> right? You got to have that paper. got to have that so paper. So these students, dude, they, like, they started, like, when the um, denomination bounced back and started having people come out and talk to them about, you know, how to get credentialed and try to, you know, drive um you know more signups more students started doing it and they started getting rejected because they were starting to question what were key doctrines i mean we're not talking salvation we're not talking right right um, i mean even like eternal judgment or things like that we're talking like you know um like in some denominations like speaking in tongues and things like that are these big major things and these students are like well you know I'm with Jesus, but I don't know about this other stuff. They were getting rejected. Yeah. You know, they're starting to ask these questions. So then they start, started to become this, you know, real tension. And um, yeah, you get your credential interview. I remember when I, I did mine, um, and the guys that I, I interviewed with were, were really cool, but they sort of did almost like a good cop, bad cop type thing. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, what are you guys doing? You yeah. know, but, you know, you, you just get, you get real, get honest, you know, and... Yeah, you know, people people know the heart, but yeah, sometimes you know, on some of those 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 doctrinal points, you know, it could get a little. Well, what about you know? And and well, if you're you not, know, in... it's it's, but it it really comes down to behind the scenes. It's all about who you know. <laughs> it's all about who you know. I one of the like the last, you know, I I ultimately ended up going into pastoral ministry. I had. Two very short, very traumatic pastoral experiences. And then I consulted for a church plant. And when I did that, that's when I realized that the, that piece of paper is so arbitrary. Because this guy that got this, um, you know, idea to go plant this church, he goes to the nomination. I mean, I later found out this guy couldn't even preach a simple salvation message. He didn't, like... He didn't have any, he was raised Catholic. He didn't really truly understand like the evangelical idea of like the sinner's prayer and salvation or whatever. Yeah. He would preach out of the Old Testament. He didn't, know, he wasn't even a Pentecostal. But he gets like, because he knows a, his buddies of the Pentecostal pastor, he gets credential. They give him 25 grand. Mm. Write him a check. And here <laughs> you go. Go plant a church for Jesus. And it was insane. Like, and that's when I realized, I'm like, I, I was, re like, preliminary rejected. Like, I, I talked to one of my professors, and they're like, yeah, no, you're going to fail. 
Like I never actually had it, but I'm like, I got rejected. But like they're letting, not only are they letting people like that in, they're giving them tens of thousands of dollars to go plant a church that to this day has struggled and can't keep any people. And I think they have probably about, you know, a dozen people on a really good day. Man, wow. So for me, coming out of those experiences, it's it's more the individuals that I, you know, built relationships with. I mean, like you, um, you know, and your wife and um, these people that I'm starting to reconnect with all these years later. Kind of like you were saying at the beginning, right? Yeah. Reconnecting with them, these people. I, I moved to the east side of the state, you know, for ministry. I was there for four years before moving back. And so I'm kind of in this process of, you know, running into old, you know, youth group people, uh, running into familiar faces. I, I didn't I used to run into a familiar face for four years because, you know, I moved away. So, you know, as I'm seeing these people, you know, we're starting to come back into each other's lives in different ways. You know, you, you talked about our band uh, at the beginning, Parachute Adams band. Um that guy was a, a old, old friend of mine uh, f- through church. He went through youth group. He went through ministry school, Bible college. He kind of danced around in ministry yourself. And now you are in a band again. Now I'm in a band. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, you know, living in the part of the Midwest where I do, like everyone comes from a church, <laughs> you know, three, three of us are pastors, kids, you know, then there's, you know, uh, other people with church backgrounds and stuff. Uh, so we have all, you know, know each other's buddies and, and friends. Cause you know, it's just like the community of musicians in that circle, even though I'm not really in that circle anymore. Um, but it's fun. Um, I, you know, without a huge long spiel, I left ministry for good in 2018. And for a while, it was kind of tough to figure out where I wanted to go with music, what I wanted to do. I kind of really put it on the shelf for a long time. But, uh, you know, I got to the point in my life where I really needed something in my life uh, with that. You know, I, I um, my wife told me that my therapist told me that and so you know i got this invitation to come to a band practice last december and ever since then it's just been cool experience after cool experience man we got together and we live tracked an album together that we've been working on Um, i've been working on editing and and finishing putting together um so we're really excited we actually got to drop a single over the summer um, it's called Up North, so wherever you get your music, you know, just search for us, Parachute Adams Band. Um, it's It's been a cool way to, to continue to experience it now. Um, so even though I'm not involved in church music, again, I owe church a lot of gratitude um, for giving me the gift of music. Wow, yeah, it's like, it's incredible just, just the way – like positive experience, negative experience, you know, whatever you go through in, in ministry, you still kind of make those connections with people. You stated it earlier. It's just just the reconnecting, you know, the, the reaching out, the, the coming together. And, you know, there's still some positivity through all of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I mean, that's it. You know, that doesn't cover the period of time where I became an accidental TikTok star. Um, <laughs> that that was a whole, you know, next time you have me on, I'll have to go, you know. Get that, into that, the TikTok, TikToking, the, yeah. The TikTok era, it was, yeah, it was wild things, man. But thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks thanks for joining me. You know, I'm looking to, to do a few different things with this podcast. I'm still new at this. You know, I got kinks I got to work out, but... You know, I'm looking to interview some other people. There's a lot of people that I've I've interacted with over the past, you know, almost 20 years, being in and around ministry and, and church and all kinds of different stories, you know, different experiences, some positive, some negative, some where, you know, yeah. it started off with youth group and yeah. and their life just, just skyrocketed, you know, and, sure. you know, triumphs, tragedies, you know, times of, of depression, times of, yeah. you know, excitement. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm For looking sure. forward to, to a lot of the people that I'm, that I'm talking to. I'm, I'm looking to make a few episodes of just going to, doing a rundown of different youth group things, you know, whether it's music or, or, uh, activities, you know, or horrendously 10. grotesque games. Yes. Dude, we, yes. we had a fear factor night. I watched, factors, yeah. I watched the, the cute popular girl eat crick, live crickets Yeah, now in I've front seen... of 500 kids. Like, like, messed up at times, too. There's, there's one year I went to a, a, took youth group kids to a youth camp, and they would do these gross games, like a, this, these eating games. And he's like, all right, this person's going to eat this. This person's going to eat that. You know, they're going to open up a can of, of you know, ravioli and eat it eat it raw and then and then like after he would go down the list of the stuff they're about to eat because you'd have these kids lined up in front of their food they're about to eat and then he would finish it up with and it's not gonna be complete unless you put some worms on it and then he'd get some like live worms and put them on top of the the food and they had to like eat that stuff and then they'd get points for but but yeah just weird stuff we had a youth group game that involved eating licking nacho cheese off of clear um plexiglass that was held at an angle and dude i kid you not it started a chain vomit reaction oh yeah in the camp it was at camp oh dude it was so bad or the or the putting the happy meal in in a blender you know full tilt and you gotta eat it all yeah just my youth pastor literally had a saying he's like my motto in youth ministry is if you can't beat them gross them out yeah so yeah the different gross games different activities like camp like i i plan on doing like different rundowns just looking at some of that stuff some of it's great some of it's like why you know the whole you know seeing how many chairs you can take uh, during teardown time to impress the girls you know that type of stuff oh yeah stacking <laughs> chairs bruh well yeah. i think that thousands will come and and hundreds will be healed and saved and it's gonna be a good time yeah no I, i'm looking forward to it All right. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, man.